lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think at steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. And then you can check us out on the various social medias. But remember, that is a day-to-day status report. For now, last I checked, we're still there. On Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Look up Steve Dace on Facebook. Also on MeWe. Where else? Uh, Gab. You can find Steve Dace on Gab as well. And then uh, look for youtube.com slash Steve Dace if you want samples of this show that you can both, well, sample uh, and then share with others. And the same goes for Rumble, which is the free speech alternative to YouTube. Just uh, go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. My new book, A Nefarious Carol. We're going to be going through that in two days. We begin a new series on Theology Thursday, the sequel to A Nefarious plot still time to get your book so you can follow along with us if you would like uh, just go to amazon.com uh, sales for the book have gone very well thank you i've heard from a ton of you that uh, this book reached you a little bit uh, differently than a nefarious plot did which which kind of smacked you uh, but uh, this this book is is has a, a more of a touching uh, ending i don't want to spoil it though so i won't say anything more than that but to avoid spoilers, because um, there's no way we can start discussing this in a couple of days on Theology Thursday without spoiling something. So you can go along and, and get the book and go along with us right now over at Amazon.com. Get autographed copies of the book as well uh, through Premier Collectibles. Just look for that link uh, pinned to my Facebook and Twitter accounts, and, and that's how you can get an autographed copy of the book. And for those of you that have read it and loved it, thank you for all the positive feedback. Please consider leaving us a five-star review at Amazon. Amazon.com that helps them see, hey, people like this book. We should promote it for them all the more. All right, coming up on the show here today, we got a lot going on. For Pop Culture Tuesday, there's a video that uh, a buddy of mine shared with me the other day that is eight months old. I, I could not believe we had, we had not seen this video before. And so the question I want after we watch this video, it, it, it's, it's meant to be parody, when this was done eight months ago, it was done with the intent of this being a parody. But is it actually prophecy? We'll get into that for fake news or not. I'm sorry, for that's Freudian slip. For Pop Culture Tuesday, the intersection of what's going on in popular culture and conservatism. That's coming up uh, next hour. For fake news or not, we're going to look at some recent media clips on various issues. Kind of a traditional fake news or not we've not done around here in a while. And Todd and Aaron will render their verdict on each and every one of those clips. Our old friend Alex Berenson, former New York Times reporter, is back with us here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to get the latest from him now that we're seeing data coming in on the vaccines for COVID. What's that data actually show? Not, not the propaganda or the stock price, but what does the data show? We'll get to that with Alex Berenson at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, of course, we must begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. 
What happened while we were away brought to you by Does It Work? Yes, we're starting there, reviewing videos from across the internet to determine if they indeed work. We head to Myanmar, you might know it as Burma, where the country was taken over by the military in a coup and placed in a one-year state of emergency over the weekend. While the coup was literally taking place, we find a Burmese aerobics instructor out in front of parliament, as she usually does, when this happens. So let's start off with this. We've got a minority woman, so that's plus 50 points. She's outside alone because she's not afraid of the heteronormative patriarchy, exercising because woman power, with a mask because she doesn't hate grandma, so that's another 100 points. As she does her aerobic workout, behind her appears a large convoy of tanks and other military vehicles literally on their way to the parliament building to carry out the coup. But the woman just keeps dancing. Another 50 points for doing the coup cha-cha. This is the most woke video we've ever reviewed, garnering a whopping 200 woke points. Anywho, on with the rest of the montage, let's check in and see how those coronavirus vaccines are going. In Israel, where they somehow managed to vaccinate nearly 60% of the over 60-year-old crowd, cases and positive tests are once again rising. Congressman Thomas Massey is claiming the CDC is lying about the efficacy of the Pfizer vaccine and also misleading the country about who should be getting it. The CDC has claimed that the vaccine benefits people who have already had the virus, like Massey, without data from the clinical trials to back that up. Never mind that, though, as Dr. Peter Hotez says on CNN, even if you've already had coronavirus, you still need to get not only one dose of the vaccine, but two. If you have to pre-test to see who's had the infection before and who hasn't, uh, then it becomes uh, logistically very complex. Moving on, Blaze TV's Stephen Crowder has filed a lawsuit against Facebook, alleging a litany of censorship-related offenses, including unfair competition, fraud, false advertising, and antitrust violations. The lawsuit is set to be filed this week in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California and will seek injunctive relief as well as monetary damages. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about big tech censorship yesterday. Does President Biden support the continuing ban of, of, of President Trump on their sites? I think that's a decision made by Twitter. We've, we've certainly spoken to and he's spoken to um, the need for social media platforms to continue to take steps to reduce hate speech, um, but we don't have more for you on it than that. GOP consultant Carl Rove reacted to the news that the Lincoln Project was founded by a sexual predator. I've actually known about this pattern of behavior since 1988. I don't think it means what you think it means. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez discussed in tears her so-called near-death experience during the Capitol riot last night, where she proceeded to throw Capitol Police under the bus. Things weren't adding up. Like, there was no partner there. And there was, no one was yelling. He wasn't yelling, like, this is Capitol Police, this is Capitol Police. And he was looking at me in all of this anger and, and hostility. And at first, you know, in, in my brain and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I just came from this super intense experience just now. Maybe I'm reading into this, right? The Northeast is getting slammed with a winter storm. Bill Weir wasted no time blaming it on, you know. We should be getting a storm like this every 15 years. We're getting a much more frequently as the oceans warm up, all that warm ocean energy meeting the cold air coming down from the Arctic. 
bam, you get all that uh, atmospheric energy, which creates scenes like this. Speaking of global warming, here's the new National Climate Advisor, Gina McCarthy. Climate change is a racial justice issue because it exacerbates the challenges in the communities that have been left behind. It goes after the very same communities that pollution has held back and racism has held back. A Chicago teacher explains why she supports the teachers union's continued fight against schools reopening. I think we have to pay attention to the new variants of COVID that are being found right here in Illinois and in Chicago where I teach and we don't know what's going to happen with that. Learning Chinese today, today's raise is, sorry, you're just a teacher, not an epidemiologist. And finally, hedge fund managers are in grave need of your help. Hedge fund managers are suffering. Take Preston, a simple man whose fund has a minimum buy-in of only $700,000. He became interested in GameStop simply because he enjoys the hot games that the kids are into, like Fortnite and Pitfall. Now, the victim of senseless market manipulation, he's had to move from Greenwich, Connecticut to West Haven. His living conditions are so poor that there's no running water in the butler's pantry. His country club membership is now pool only. Yes, these stories are hard to hear, but we cannot turn our backs on those who have been short squeezed. But you can help. For just $8,000 a day, you can support the leveraged. How often do we spend $8,000 a day without even thinking about it? It's the fuel in your private jet for a quick trip to the Maldives, a bag at the Prada store, and yet such a small gift can have such a big impact. Thanks to your generosity, your hedgie will be able to turn on the heat again in the servants' quarters, rehire that third nanny, finish the reno on the infinity pool, and find meaningful work, like paying off a senator to outlaw Reddit. And that's what happened while we were away. That video at the end is devastating. Actually, that whole thing. Todd, you just kept repeating a mantra watching that entire montage. Yeah, the end did pick me up, but before that, I was like, you know, from office uh, space, where they, let's talk about your flair, let's talk about your hate, because I just, I hate that person, and I hate that person more, and now there's all oh, new levels of hate, and then we get to the teacher in Chicago, with that sad sack hangdog, new variants of COVID, and my parents, and yeah, I hate her too. But you prayed about it, and you feel real good about where you're at right now, right? I'm, I'm I'm comfortably ensconced okay. in Hateville. Uh, Aaron's Montage brought to you by Gabby Insurance. You know, we're all looking for ways to save money, especially now. So let me ask you this. How'd you like to keep an extra 960 bucks a year in your pocket? Because that's how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. And I went shopping for home for insurance as well via Gab- Gabby. And here's the cool thing they told me. You know, I put in my information and they actually recommended the auto insurance plan I already have from the very same provider. 
I already have. So if you've got the best you can get for your score and for your needs, they'll tell you that too. But um, it, it's one of those things you want to make sure. Don't you want to know? Because it's one of those things we just never even think about. We just think, oh, yeah, I'll just renew that year after year after year. If they can't find you savings, I'll let you know. Like they let me know. And so you can relax knowing, hey, either I'm going to save money or I know I've got I've got the, the knowledge that I know I'm I'm getting the best I can get the most bang for my buck. All right. So you're probably overpaying for car and home insurance. But if you're not, don't you want to know? Uh, see how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby, G-A-B-I, just like it sounds, kind of. Gabby.com slash Dace, D-E-A-C-E for Gabby.com slash Dace. They can hook you up uh, with all the leading nationwide providers across the country at Gabby.com slash Dace. Can In, I, go can, ahead. Can I tee you up with the hate? Tell you where it started? Sure. Get you going? That doctor who said... you. Yeah, We've been doing tests, tests, tests for months. Tests. Do you have symptoms? No, but we need to test. We need to know this thing. We talked about case demics based on tests, PCR tests with a threshold they're at. And then this doctor, when you talk about who to vaccinate, even if you've had COVID, well, we can't test. That's just too cumbersome to test you before we decide to vaccinate. So we're just going to vaccinate you. Whether you have, are you kidding me with this? Yeah, it was it was not too hard to develop a vaccine for a disease that we've never developed before, but it's way too hard to see if if you've actually had that disease before. Guys, we haven't done at least as far as we know, we haven't done standardized national antibody testing in this country um since last May. Like the first week of May. And we didn't find out about it from CDC until July, the Friday of July 4th weekend is when they just uh, Friday news dumped all of that information and all of those standardized antibody tests had been conducted in uh, late April to early May. And we didn't find out until July 4th weekend. And we've had seasonality, different surges, right? Since then, allegedly anyway. No, uh, no antibody updates whatsoever. Here, here's why that's important. Because <laughs> what is the point of a vaccination program? The, the, okay, not the answer that Todd would give in the year 2021 yeah. uh, to raise the share price of uh, Big Pharma. Okay, not, all right. What, what, <laughs> thank you. What, what's the, let's just, let's just get that one out of the way. I have okay? great feeling for okay. you right now. And, and in other eras, before we knew what a big pharma was, what is the traditional, can we use that term? Sure. What's the traditional mission of a vaccination program? What's it, what's it out to achieve? Get to herd immunity. Herd immunity. Right. All right. Herd immunity. That's the point of it. Okay. Um, don't what would be a good baseline to know if if the goal is to achieve herd immunity who already has it who already has it who already who already has antibodies who's already been through especially when you're trying to vaccinate a population of 300 some odd million people under the alleged guise 
of this is our ticket to get everything back to normal, to go back to concerts and high school sporting events and, 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 and you know, Super Bowls like this weekend and the movie theaters and, uh, and Disney without a mask like Aaron just did and I did back in November, right? Okay. Recruiting trips for your daughters. Okay. This is, this is the path to get back there, allegedly, correct? Correct. And so even if um, efficacy and everything was not an issue, which when the, we talked to Alex Barrett at the bottom of the hour, you're going to see that it is. But even if that were not an issue, even if this was the polio vaccine, the smallpox vaccine, you know, the, the, gold, the modern gold standards for vaccines, right? Even if this was that, is it an easy chore to vaccinate, to, to get a population of this size through a national vaccination program to herd immunity? Is, it, is that an easy chore? Is that an easy logistical chore? Especially because each state is responsible for distributing the vaccine to its citizens, correct? correct? And so there's 51 different bureaucracies here. There's the CDC and then there's the 50 states on how they want to go about that. I mean, that can be rather cumbersome, laborious, right? Yes. And so what would be one path to cut down on the time it would take to help a community get to herd immunity? What would be one way that would be obvious to do that? Know who already has to, it. Know who already has immunity. Yeah. That's too cumbersome, Steve. Well, Steve, uh, we, we, they to, we, I read st- antibodies don't mean immunity. Then why are you taking a, why are you sitting in your house waiting for a vaccine then? Because what's, what do we, after you take the vaccine, what do we want you to show? What are we looking for you to show after you take the vaccine? We're hoping you test positive for what? The virus. Uh, yeah, for antibodies. Yes. That, right? Because yeah, yeah. of the- Yeah. So if that doesn't denote immunity, then what the hell are we doing here then with any of this? None of it makes any sense. Nope. No, it doesn't make any sense. Why we would not want to know this information, specifically because the previous White House, its goal, if we're being brutally honest, and I think this is a time for brutal honesty, if we're being brutally honest, its goal was to get the vaccines out as close to the election as they possibly could, or at least be seen as making progress towards that end that people could quantify, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. Then we've known that for months. Did Operation Warp Speed with the vaccines, did it start on Halloween? Did it it start on Labor Day? No, it started last spring and summer, right? Mm -hmm. So for months, this was known, which means that long interim of time between the original uh, antibody testing we did and we didn't and CDC didn't even do it in places like Texas that had those those alleged summer surges. It was like Missouri and some other places they did. Um, Wouldn't we like to know what the current immunity threshold is in the population that we're about to immunize? Anybody is Bueller. Is this on anybody? Any anybody? Anybody home? Apparently, we don't want to know. Have I told you about my hate? Yeah, I wasn't going to start there, but I needed it. I know you needed it, so I had to do you a solid. Thank you. Okay, let me go where I wanted to start. I got to start with Car Rove. Yeah, I I saw this yesterday, and about I I mean I. I I don't get shocked much anymore. Last year, whatever shockability was left in me, it's just the amount of gaslighting. What's a Sweden? What's a, um, you know, what's an IFR? You know what I'm saying? What, what's the, this, the amount of gaslighting that, that I went through on just a personal level last year with how this show was conducted and what we were up against. 
And and I'm not expecting my apologies from the Facebook science team for taking 75% of my traffic away for stuff that's all being said regularly now. I, I know the game. I, 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 I'm a big boy, literally and figuratively. I, I know what the cost of doing business in this arena is, right? You guys rarely hear me come in here. I can whine, but it's almost never like about facing pushback or criticism, right? You guys almost never hear me whine about that, right? Right. It's really about... Um, why is, is my favorite team not playing basketball for two weeks with zero positive tests? That's the stuff you guys typically hear me whine about. Sure. But, but I'm, I understand the, the, the collateral cost I took on taking this job, choosing this career path, especially the way we do it, right? Yeah. There's going to be massive blowback. You're going to have friends and frenemies and enemies that are then friends and then enemies later, right? And, and a lot of days you enjoy that, and, too. and that's part of it, too. And I yeah. probably do enjoy it more than I should, which is why I'm a very sick individual. Okay, but last year, whatever whatever shock ability I had is just is gone. It's, it's, down, to, it's, it's, it's down to the nub, Buckwheat. At least that's what I thought. That is what I thought until I saw that clip that Aaron highlighted in his montage, which, by the way, I know why you, I know why that's your Cambodian smoking toddler. Oh, yeah. Okay, the, the woman in Burma. That, that clip is just the spirit of the age encapsulated. She is... And it's real, by the way. Yes, that it is. That is not she, She's out, first of all, outside in the heat in a mask, number one. Number two, um, hey, listen, I'm I'm a workout person, but like it's clear that this is her thing. This is her prime directive as a human. She's like really into this, right? And then she cannot be bothered while her focus is on herself with a mask on outside. She cannot be bothered with the fact that over her shoulder, literally her culture is ending. She can't be bothered with that. That is... That is the spirit of the age encapsulated. So I, I can see why you you watermarked your entire montage with, with that video. Okay. But when I saw this clip yesterday of Carl Rove say, oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew John Weaver was a sexual predator since 1988. How long ago was that? Before he ran two Republican presidential campaigns. Yeah, that's before you were born, right, Aaron? Yep. Well well before you were born, yep. as a matter of fact. Three of the last four presidential campaigns on the Republican side, setting aside Trump, have been run by either him or Steve Schmidt. Yeah. Both of who are up to their eyeballs in yeah. this mess. I mean, I, I, you know, as if I, I didn't have much tolerance for it anyway over the course of my career, but I'm in... I'm 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 at, I'm at I'm at zero F's given of with McCain family sanctimony because one of those campaigns that John Weaver worked for was the McCain campaign when he was the nominee of the party. So Karl Rove knew that the nominee of the party was taking counsel and advice from a sexual predator. Oh, well, Steve, he tried to let the Atlantic know once. Okay, is that something you just like run up a flagpole one time and then people are like whatever and you're like you know what does you're the right. Atlantic have a secret man Pour boy one out man boy love hotline or yes. something that we is, need is to... Carl Rove an, an, an insignificant has he been a an erstwhile insignificant figure in the Republican Party since 1988.
Just a plucky survivor. Yes. I can see why. I can see why he would feel as if no one would buy into this and he would be dismissed and and just taken as a bitterman uh, with an angle uh, that there would be no one of, that, of any repute that would take his call and dare, dare to take seriously his claim that John Weaver's a predator. Are you kidding me with this? Have you thought to yourself like I have that maybe he didn't bother doing it because one guy is just the tip of the iceberg? I've thought a lot of things along those kinds of lines. Well, we had Denny Hastert in this exact this is time my, period, did this, we not? This is my point. Why do you think the GOP hates us and doesn't care about our social issues? Could it be because they care about these social issues? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I was flabbergasted when I saw that yesterday. And and then I was like, wow, I can still be flabbergasted because I didn't think I could be. So uh, maybe there's some hope for me as a human being yet. But but then just the casual way that he said this and on Fox News. Well, anyway, you guys' thoughts on COVID relief bills. Is that not full stop? Full stop. Whatever we're doing here. And now, whatever remnant of you is left, that this, that's, this stands for God's own party. Um, Republicans are the last line of defense. The America ends if these people aren't in charge. How many people early in my career here in Iowa tried to get rid of me? Major GOP donors try to get rid of me because they didn't want to vote for John McCain because he employed people like Steve Schmidt. I got put on probation, told that if I lost head-to-head to Sean Hannity in the next ratings period, I was out of a job. I kicked his ass three to one and I'm here now. So, but I've been through this. I've been through this how many times in my career? This has been your career. This has been my career getting threatened for calling stuff like this out. And Rove is like, yeah, I have known since 1988. Carl Rove, Carl Rove didn't have the power or influence to remove a malignant tumor like John Weaver. Hell yeah, he did. Hell yeah, he did. Carl Rove couldn't call up John McCain once and said, listen, I don't care who you hire, but you're getting rid of that guy or I'm on, I'm on Fox News tonight blowing the whistle or CNN, pick a network. Don't think that would have worked. I kind of think it might have worked. Don't you think it might have worked? I don't know anymore, man. And look at, and, 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 and how, and we were all on our high horse about Hollywood and Harvey Weinstein. Right. And there's a pederast predator. That's, uh, what's, what was the term we learned in Harvey Weinstein's, uh, in the Harvey Weinstein open secret? Was that the term or? Um, yeah, I think so. That they, they, well, everybody knew this. It's just an open secret. I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted. And then like, hey, cool story, bro. And like, and then like some people like want to give him credit. I've seen that too. Let's give Rove credit. They tried to do something about this once. 2004, how many years ago? Almost 20 years ago. Think if you're the father or mother of one of those boys that John Weaver allegedly 
tried to pederast? Are you, are, are you comforted by the knowledge that one time almost 20 years ago, Carl Rove attempted to speak out about this? Know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. But I've even seen... Because let me tell you, I've, there's... there's I don't need any more reasons to just loathe Karl Rove at an unbiblical level, but this might be one. This would be one. I think you get to loathe him now at a biblical level based on this, quite frankly. Mm, that's... Try it out. Say I some prayed about it, prayers. And I feel and, real good about where I'm at right now yeah. with what you just said. Yeah. yeah. There, there's some people who have tried to do the same thing with Weaver himself. They, they, they pulled the 3% Planned Parenthood yeah. thing. They basically said, well, I, this is abhorrent, but you know it doesn't get rid of all the good that he's done for the party. This is happening. Think of all the times. Big tent, Steve. All the times. You know what? Strategically, I still believe it is a mistake to separate from a tactical standpoint that it just leaves us out in the open without any form of legitimate, um, culturally approved banner that gives us some form of protection against, you're all just white supremacist. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I, while tactically, that still might be the right position, but on a principled level, I can't maintain that position, man. That just disgusts me. Just absolutely disgusts me. I, I just don't even, I just, it's just vile. It's just vile. Essentially, John Weaver is a few years, a few years down the growth chart from Jerry Sandusky. Right? Love Essentially, is just a few years down the growth chart from Jerry Sandusky. Love is love, Steve. I and, don't know. Maybe and, you're being too Carl harsh. And Carl Rove moved since 1988 and... Mm. Tried one time to do something about it, but then, hey, it, it, whatever. Love wins, Steve. I, I might join you in that universal hatred. I'm in. I'm. I'm. In, I'm now at that. I hate everybody place. I was in a good mood when I came in too. Now I'm not. More in a moment. Trying to sell your home or buy a home while selling your home. thats I did that once uh, on both ends of it. That, that can be challenging in any time, in any market. But in these unprecedented times, uh, indeed, uh, in these unprecedented times, it's even more difficult. So where would you go to make sure that you can find a real estate agent you can trust? Well, there's there's not a referral list called real estate agents who suck.com. Uh, there's not one real estate agents you can't trust. Like no one goes on their website and says, I'm kind of lazy. 
if I can't, I don't think I can move your home in 30 days. I'm going to probably move on to what I think is uh, the hotter ticket right now because I'm straight commission, right? Nobody just knowingly says that stuff. Thankfully, uh, an organization was started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates because they got tired of real estate agents who talked a good game but then didn't deliver the promised results when needed the most. So they started real estate agents itrust.com. You'll be able to find an agent just about anywhere you're going to want to move in America whose track record of success has been fully vetted and accredited. That's how they get listed on the website. And the name kind of says it all. Check it out today. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's bring back former New York Times reporter and author, our good friend Alex Berenson is here with us on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here. Alex, how are you, brother? I'm all right. How are you? It is always good to talk to you and been following your work closely the last few weeks since we last had you on about what we're seeing with the vaccines. I want you to give our audience a very uh, the most general scouting report of, of a trend line that you are seeing now that the vaccination programs have begun. What do you see? Uh well, so, I mean, you know, there, in the U.S., for example, there's only a small percentage of the population has received both doses. I think it's like one or two percent and maybe something like seven percent have received one dose. Um, maybe it's eight percent now. So it's a little bit hard here to uh, to say anything good or bad about the effect of mass vaccinations because we just haven't had enough dosing yet. Um uh, although you, you are seeing these isolated incidences in places, in, in nursing homes, not just in the U.S., but kind of all over the world, where there have been vaccinations of the residents, and then a week to two or three weeks later, um, there are mass COVID outbreaks among residents, which doesn't necessarily, I don't, I, I want to be clear, that does not mean the vaccines are causing the COVID outbreaks. It means that they're not protecting people adequately from COVID. Um, uh, certainly after a couple of weeks. So, so, so in the, put the U.S. aside. The country we, we all should be looking at is Israel because Israel has um, vaccinated the most people per capita and it's using the Pfizer vaccine for the most part, which is one of the vaccines that we, you know, that, that have been approved in the U.S., one of the two vaccines that have been approved in the U.S. And, um, and unfortunately, uh, and and Israel actually prioritized older people, which um, which makes sense. Uh, at least it should make sense because older people are the people who generally get sick and die from COVID. And so you really want to vaccinate people over 70 first, which in the U.S. we've had a lot of sort of back and forth about that. Now we're kind of doing it, but we're still not doing it as much as probably we should be. In Israel, they they absolutely went with people over 70 and healthcare workers first and really people over 70. So most of those people now have gotten both doses of the Pfizer vaccine. And a lot of them are a week plus out from the second dose. Um, and, and unfortunately, Israel is not seeing any positive trends in its rate of COVID uh, positivity and the number of positive tests that people have. And probably more importantly, in the number of um, serious cases that they're seeing. Um, so, so in the U.S. right now, we are past the peak of the third wave. We're well past it. Um, you know, you're not hearing a lot about that in the media right now, but it is very clear that the third wave in the U.S. peaked in early January. And since then, hospitalizations are down almost a third. ICU uh, uh, hospitalizations are down like 25 percent. Uh, ventilators are down 25 percent. Deaths are still high and deaths tend to lag. And also, by the way, we count deaths in such an aggressive way that at this point, it's very hard to know what percentage of those deaths are with COVID versus from COVID. But in Israel, 
where they've been so aggressive about vaccinating, they are they are still having the same problem they had three or four weeks ago. They're having a, a lot of positive cases. Their hospitals are under extreme pressure. And the number of serious cases, which in some ways is the most important thing of all, um, has not declined. Um, or, you know, in the last couple of days, it's declined very marginally. And no one's talking about this. Instead, what you hear out of Israel is a bunch of sort of piecemeal statistics that are not really giving the full picture. What I'm giving you is the full national picture. And I'll say one other thing about Israel. There's one number that, that to me matters also very, it's a very significant number. So again, when you look at the clinical trial data, which, you know, Pfizer and Moderna, these, these, these drug companies ran a lot of, um, you know, they put a lot of people into a test for their vaccines and they gave some of them a vaccine and some of them placebo, which is, you know, like just a, an injection of saline. And what they saw in their tests was after one dose, not two doses, two weeks after the first dose, they saw a big divergence in uh, infections. And then you gave people the second dose and it got even bigger. So, so, so what they said was one week out after the second dose, which is 28 days after the first dose for Pfizer and a little bit longer for Moderna, we think we're at really high levels of protection. 95% is what they said. Well, in Israel, they now have close to a million people who are at that level. Okay, and they are still seeing a lot of infections in those people and hospitalizations and deaths. They announced yesterday that they had had in in this cohort of seven hundred and fifty thousand people who were 60 and over. They'd had five hundred infections. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot. But what you need to understand is that's over a period of days. It's not over a period of months. So over the over a period of days, they are seeing hundreds of infections a day, or at least you know a hundred infections a day, and they're seeing people hospitalized, and they're seeing people dying. So what all this says, by the way, it does not say the vaccine gives you COVID, and it doesn't even say that the vaccine might not be somewhat effective. Although right now, I you know I think we need, I think I'd like to see some more data on that. But what it says is. Two months ago, when we saw this top-line data from Pfizer and Moderna, there was incredible excitement, right? It was, these vaccines are going to save us. This is going to end this epidemic. We're all going to get it. There's no reason for nobody, to, you know, for, for everybody should get it. There's not big side effects here, and look how effective it is. Well, it turns out that the side effects are quite severe for a lot of people who get this vaccine. These, they're called MNR, mRNA vaccines. And it also now turns out that in the real world, it looks like the effectiveness is much less than the uh, clinical trial said. So, so these look less safe than we thought and less effective than we thought. And to me, this, this, by the way, does not mean necessarily that there's no place for these vaccines. And certainly in older people who are at high risk from COVID, even if we can reduce their risk somewhat, that would be a good thing. What it says is the people out there who were counting on the vaccines to save us and make this go away need to need to understand what the reality is here, which is this isn't going to save us anymore. The lockdown saved us anymore then uh, masks saved us. We are going to have to figure out a way to live with this going forward. And by the way, that way is not going to include forcing everybody to get vaccinated with a vaccine that doesn't seem to work all that well. Other thing I wanted to ask you about, Alex, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. I know there was a lot of hope for that because, let's face it, for pretty much every American, regardless of socioeconomic status, race, creed, color, 
Um, a product with the label Gerber or Johnson and Johnson was one of the very first things they either went in or on you in your life, right? I mean, it's a, yep. these are this, it's an institution as a company. It predates the the notions of big pharma, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna. I mean, these sound like the the companies that get sued in John Grisham novels. Johnson and Johnson <laughs> is is Americana, right? Okay, and so there was a lot of hope. They're also going with the DNA, not one of the uh, mr mRNA vaccines, as you said. There was a lot lot of hope for them they came out with their results last week and and they're modest but am i wrong my given the amount of times i people like you and i have been gaslighted over covid in the last year and a half or going on a year i should say am i wrong that my spidey sense was like you know i kind of trust the company that has decades and generations of goodwill built into America, who's like, hey, we gave it our best shot. It's a one doser and it works about 65% of the time. Is Am I wrong to think I, I kind of might trust that one more than like, guys, we spent 14 years trying to find a vaccine for SARS when we couldn't, but in six months we found one that works 97% of the time. And here's our share price. Don't forget to call your, uh, to call, uh, do your day trade first thing in the morning. You know what I'm saying here? Am I wrong, Alex? Yes, you're wrong, unfortunately. Okay. Um, you know, all, all these companies are the same. Some of them might be a little worse than others, but they're all the same. And J&J, here's what you need to know about J&J. There's a subsidiary of J&J called Janssen. Janssen has been sued by just about every state for marketing its fentanyl patch out the wazoo. Mm. Okay. They're, these companies are, and J&J has other, there, there's other skeletons in J&J's closet. Um, these companies are all the same. They are all, uh, listen, I'm not saying that occasionally they don't come up with good medicines. I mean, you know, I, I don't have high cholesterol, but if I did, I'd be happy to take a statin, right? And, you know, people benefit from antidepressants and, you know, they, 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 they're not, they're not out to kill people. Like, let's, let's be clear about this. But but their process is the same, which is we're going to find something we can sell, and we are going to do everything we can to make it look good in our clinical trials. And once we get it approved, we're going to market it as widely as we legally can, and sometimes more widely than that. And if we get caught, we'll get fined, and you know none of our executives ever go to jail, but you know we might have to pay a big fine. But this, I mean, this is—I know this because I covered the vaccine. I didn't cover the vaccine industry. I covered the pharmaceutical industry for the New York Times, and I saw the behavior. Basically, from the giants of big pharma, including Merck, which is generally considered the best of them. By the way, Merck discontinued its vaccine right. development, right. Um, uh, which which may tell you something. So, so no, JJ is no better. Um, are they worse? I don't know if they're worse, but they're no better. So, so their vaccine is probably just less effective. Now, maybe if you give two doses, you get up to that Pfizer or Moderna level of claimed effectiveness. But right now, what we're seeing in Israel is that level of effectiveness is appears to be overstated in the real world. By the way, this is not this is again this is not just vaccines. We see this in clinical trials all the time. The companies spend a lot of time and money trying to get their clinical trials designed in a way that will show the most effectiveness possible. And then you get into the real world and things look different. All right, I'm short on time, but I've got to ask you this question here. Real quick answer. Where is the flu, Alex? I don't know. I don't know. Um, now let me, can I say one thing to you, since I promised the people at Simon & Schuster. Yes, I'm going to, enough, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to mention yes, it. I'm going to, we're going to get to it, I promise. We, I'm going to mention okay. it, I promise you, yes. Do you know where the flu went? I don't. I don't. I don't know what's happened to the flu. Uh, you know, if masks don't work for COVID, why did they work for the flu? Are we not testing for the flu? Um, you know, are so many kids out of school that we've sort of, you know, stopped that vector of transmission? I don't know what happened to the flus. 
I don't. Um, and, and I don't like to guess when I don't know. Yeah. I don't like to guess when I don't know either, but I'd like to know. Wouldn't you like to know? I would yeah. like to know where it went. Yeah. yeah. All right. So one week from today, you have a new book coming out. Tell us about it. So this is insanity. I wrote this book before. This is a novel. I don't, did I send you this novel? If I didn't send no. it to you, I have to send it to you. And I apologize. Okay, yeah, I'm going to send it to you. So I wrote, uh, I, I, you know, I, I left the Times in 2010 and I wrote a bunch of spy novels. You know, I still was a little bit of a journalist, but I was mainly a novelist for like seven or eight years. And, uh, and I now in 2019, before, uh, before COVID, I wrote a book that is uh, a spy novel, a thriller called The Power Couple. And um, it, it is about uh, a kidnapping in Barcelona and a husband and wife who have to figure out what, ha- what happened to their daughter and also figure out, you know, there's some secrets in their marriage. And so this book, you know, so it's it got is a Mr. and Mrs. Smith that, vibe to it. It, it. A little bit, yeah. a little bit. Um, and, and it's bizarre in a way this book is coming out now. And so people, I, you know, the, the people who don't like me, many, many people who don't like me are going to say, oh, you know, you, you pretend to be a journalist. You've been busy doing this. No, this, I wrote this before COVID. Um, and in fact, you know, there's no masks in it. There's no COVID in it. It's sort of set in 2019 or so. So it's, it's set in those days when you could fly off to, you know, Barcelona for your anniversary mm-hmm. and not have to, you know, get a, a COVID test. Um, but so, uh, you know, I, I think it's a pretty good book. The reviews have been pretty good. Whether or not people like it, I'll find out next week. But, you know, it's funny. I'm like, I'm like one of these football players now who goes on the Super Bowl, you know, interviews and I have to shoehorn in my product. Um, <laughs> at this point. So I hey, you're just here so you that. don't get fined. I I, you're you're just here so you don't get fined. I get it. Yes. Exactly, exactly. All right. The name of the book, by the way, it's called The Power Couple. It releases a week from from today, and I would guess people, our I, audience can go on Amazon pre order it right now if they want to. Probably you can, they they absolutely can. And and I will. Uh, I don't know. Do you like thrillers? I, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't mind them. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll send you a copy. Um, and uh, and you'll you'll judge it for yourself, and you'll judge you'll judge my marriage for yourself once you uh, once you read. This. I like okay. it. That's what I'm a little afraid of too. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Hey, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing the Lord's work, Alex. We appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thank, thanks, Steve. All right, take care. Thoughts on that conversation? Well, I like how he humored my Johnson and Johnson fanboy theory of Americana, and then just crushed my soul. But hey, that's what the truth does sometimes. The short version of it is uh, told you. In March, uh, this again, we've created an entire religion around vaccination before you ever had heard of a COVID or a 2020. And so that led us down to all this magical thinking about masks and everything else. And so did you really think that this rushed vaccine was going to be any different? Honestly, this was a Hail Mary. They don't, they never once believed 97% efficaciousness. Not once. They just threw this out there, hoping, like the guy who originally uh, discovered microwaves, but he had a chocolate bar in his pocket and he just happened to stand next to something and it melted. They're just hoping they got lucky. That's it. Yep. No, it's that, that is what it is. Um, lockdowns. We're approaching, rapidly approaching the one year anniversary of the first wave of serious lockdown virus mitigation efforts they promised two weeks to flatten the curve they promised to flatten the curve what they delivered was nearly a year of stifling regulations Mm. a year of stifling uh impositions on our liberties is that bad Uh, that's pretty bad okay just double checking so that's that's an under delivery there 
Then sometime around, I don't know, maybe April, May, somewhere around there, masks. They promised if everyone wore a mask, we'd get this virus under the control by the end of the summer. Yeah. What it delivered was two masks. If you wear two masks, we'll get this virus under control by the time summer begins. You know, the next summer. Don't forget your anal swab, Aaron. Yeah, under-delivered. Yeah, under-delivered. Last month, two months ago, Pfizer vaccines, all the vaccines come up. They promised this is the end. This is the end of the pandemic, guys. What are they delivering? Well, we just talked about it. Overpromised, under-delivered. That's, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Next hour, Pop Culture Tuesday, fake news or not. Those two segments coming your way right after this here on Blaze TV radio podcast. Back again with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Like us on Facebook over on MeWe. Search for Steve Dace there. That's D-E-A-C-E. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, uh, over on Gab at Steve Dace, and then YouTube at youtube.com slash Steve Dace and then Rumble. That's the free speech alternative to YouTube at rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. If you're a podcast listener, we appreciate you. Please show your appreciation for us. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button leave us a five-star review on whichever podcast platform you use. And the more of you that do that, the more it helps the show to grow. We have had thousands of you give us five-star reviews already. Thank you very much. Let's keep those coming. If for no other reason, We've got very fragile egos on this show, and they could use a boost. This portion of the show brought to you by one of my favorite times of the day, Built Bar time. Uh, eat healthier. Eat tastier. You don't have to make sacrifices anymore. Hey, I did it for years trying to find the perfect protein bar. Not just one that I, I could stomach that tasted good, but also wasn't loaded with sugar, but at the same time was easy on the tummy. That's not an easy find, I found. I found one one protein bar that I that fit the mold, but just one flavor of it. And you get sick of that. What about a protein bar that's even better? And there's over 20 flavors, all covered in real chocolate, three to five net carbs max in each bar, uh, up to 20 grams of protein in each bar, uh, 160 calories or less in each bar. You can't beat it. You've never had a protein bar this good. It has the texture of a candy bar, a soft one like a Three Musketeers. It tastes better than some of the candy bars that are out there. Guarantee you're going to find a flavor that you like. Get your Built Bar started today. 20% off your next order. So you can come back again now with the promo code DACE at D-E-A-C-E. 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. B-U-I-L-T. BuiltBar.com. Promo code my last name, DACE. D-E-A-C-E. All right, let's get to it. Time for some fake news or not. And I thought we haven't done a kind of traditional fake news or not on this show in quite a while. So I've assembled a quintet of picks uh, or clips, I should say, on various, various people on various issues. Todd and Aaron, you two are going to decide. Is this fake news or not? And hopefully have at least one good reason why you believe so. You guys ready to go? 
Yep. Just one question. Coming back to this after not doing it so long, does it feel like it used to, or is it just is a the total, thrill gone? Is it, it was a totally different level of madness. Ask me that again after we do these clips. Okay. okay. In fact, I might ask you that question. Okay. All right. Let's begin. Here is our new Secretary of State talking about China. You said that China is uh, the most significant threat. You said that in your confirmation hearings against uh, American national interests. Uh, would you take steps if there is any action by China against Taiwan? Do you see a military confrontation possibly in our future with China? There's no doubt that, that China poses the most significant challenge to us of any other country, but it's a complicated one. There are adversarial aspects to the relationship. There's certainly competitive ones, and there's still some cooperative ones too. But whether we're dealing with any of those aspects of the relationship, we have to be able to approach China from a position of strength, not weakness. And that strength, I think, comes from having strong alliances, something China does not have, actually engaging in the world and showing up in these international institutions, because when we pull back, China fills in, and then they're the ones writing the rules and setting the norms of these institutions. Standing up for our values uh, when China's challenging them, including in Xinjiang against the Uyghurs or democracy in, in Hong Kong, uh, making sure that our military is postured so that it can deter Chinese aggression, and investing in our own people so that they can fully compete. But the good news about each of these uh, is that they're fully within our control. And in many ways, the challenge posed by China is as much about some of our own self-inflicted weaknesses as it is about China's emerging strength. But we can, we can address those weaknesses. We can actually build back better in this area, too, when it comes to stronger alliances, when it comes to engaging in the world, standing up for our values, investing in our people, making sure our military is properly postured. All right. So I, I, I often don't give you background on why I chose a clip because I want you guys free to just give your shoot from the hip response. Okay. I thought that was as a standalone. I thought that was a fantastic answer. I thought it was well-reasoned, well-articulated, eloquent, um, engaging, and balanced. I thought that was a fantastic answer. If I, I didn't know the administration he worked for, right? If I just, just as an objective um, uh, transaction, the question is asked, what's your answer? I thought that was a fantastic answer. But is it fake news or not? And Aaron, since you've already snarked at it, I go to you first. The part that I, I agree up until the part that I actually snarked at, which was the build back better. I don't know if you've seen this picture. It's a collage of various world leaders speaking in the in the midst of, of COVID's response with signage either on the podium or in the background that says build back better. It's really weird. People, people from different countries, most of them Western countries, all having the same type of catchphrase, build back better. Um, that's why I snarked there, because that all sounds really good. It all sounds quite utopian, actually, um, until the, the build back better part. So my spidey senses are tingling there. Uh, do I think that this um, administration, you know, with <clears throat> certain connections they have to China <laughs> is uh, willing or able 
to actually do the things that need to be done to have the firm hands <laughs> to be able to deal with China. Um, I, 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 I guess I guess you're going to have to show me that because because I don't see that. So I, I'm saying fake news. Todd, it's fake news. Uh, that answer would have been, even though performative, acceptable on some level before 2020, but everybody who's serious needs to mention, and oh, by the way, uh, China poisoned the entire world, and we're going to see if they're ready to be held accountable for that or not, and it all depends on that. So you give him no credit for that at all? China poisoned the world. It torpedoed economies, livelihoods, science, reality, so no, because he didn't even mention it, which means he's not being serious. Okay. All right. Next clip, George Conway confronted about the co-founder of the Lincoln Project, his co-founder of the Lincoln Project, the uh, accused, uh, what are we calling him now? The rando pedo predator? Predator. Yes. Yeah. Uh, John Weaver, watch this clip. Who is a founding member of the Lincoln Project? 21 men accusing him of online harassment. Your organization has a pretty clear statement on this kind of harassment, um, but wanted to ask you directly about this issue. Yeah, it's it's terrible and awful and appalling and unfathomable. I I, I didn't know John very well. I frankly only spoke to him a couple of times on the phone early on in the Lincoln Project. Um, I just, I, I, it's almost, I don't know even know what to say. It's just, it's just terrible. And um, I, 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 it leaves me speechless, frankly. Todd, I'm going to let you take this one first. Go ahead. Fake news or not? Oh, good grief. Uh, that's fake news. These guys are all Jeffrey Tubin. You know, they're, they're talking about the importance of this or that and the gravity of it all and how something must be done. And I'm just speechless because I can't. And, you know, like five minutes after that was over, that guy's into God knows what. I mean, these guys are just disgusting human beings. And we know that I don't have to guess about him. Look at him and his own marriage and what he's been doing the last couple of years with his obsessions. That the, the people that clearly get to this point in their lives, not all of them, but clearly a lot of them, if not most of them, get there because they have out of proportion obsessions. And this guy clearly fits that bill. He knew. Aaron, I think I think it's I think it's true news. I mean, Steve. Somebody asked me this morning uh, in the men's room how long I'd actually been working for you. And I said, uh, it took me kind of off guard. And I said, uh, you know, it's been about uh, five, a little over five years. And the reason why it took me off guard is because when you originally hired me, we actually had, I know we're doing a show every day and we're uh, working together very close. We actually didn't talk to each other for like two years. So it's it's pretty normal that when you start something or start a new relationship, only on the phone. You, you, yeah, yeah, you don't even talk to anybody. Like I had no idea 
um, had no idea what was going on in your in your personal life, and um, heck, I couldn't even hear you talking on the show. I mean, uh, Teve, what's a Teve? Uh, that was my reaction. So it's it's it, it's pretty common. It's pretty common not to have any idea about people that you're in a close working relationship with you with with and. Um, so I, I think he's telling the truth there. Let he who has not co-authored a New York Times op-ed with the other party he doesn't even know cast the first stone, right? Can we play that clip again? Yeah. Just to, yeah. just I, I want to watch the very beginning again. Is it's, it's, it's Mika or Mika? Mika. Mika. I want to make sure I get her name right. As Mika asks her question, watch watch Conway's act. Watch story about john weaver who is a founding member oh, of the lincoln project just, 21 just, men accusing him of online stop. harassment and let's watch that again i want to see that again i want the audience to watch this <laughs> it's almost like he, there's a cue like a action oh. all right yes that, that's the cue okay watch it again watch story about john weaver who is a founding member of the lincoln project <laughs> 21 men for gosh darn don bargain <laughs> bastard man man i gotta tell you can you talk about my hate again? Oh, man. Wouldn't have Lincoln Project luck. We'd have no luck at all around here, right? All right. Uh, next clip. Speaking of uh, Wuhan luck, Anthony Fauci funding Wuhan. Well, the viruses it was already infected with. In February last year, the Chinese regime replaced the head of the Wuhan Institute of Virology with the head of their bioweapons program, vital evidence was destroyed, as NBC News reported this week. NBC News confirming a Wuhan Institute of Virology database with 20,000 entries, which may have offered important clues about what the Chinese were studying, was taken down last spring. A senior lab official has said it was removed for security reasons. For a year, the Chinese regime has blocked investigations. But they're not the only government engaged in a cover-up. For two weeks, we've been reaching out to the NIH and the NIAID to respond to the story we broadcast last week. On Friday, the NIH did finally respond with this statement. We asked them to comment on this project commissioned in 2014. On screen now, you'll see the project number and the key sentence specifying gain-of-function research. The NIH statement says, the research supported under the grant to EcoHealth Alliance did not involve the enhancement of the pathogenicity or transmissibility of the viruses studied. But here's the project that their statement links to. It's a different project with a different number. They're right to say that this project doesn't include gain-of-function research, but that's not the one we asked about. The one we asked about, as we showed you, does include gain-of-function research. And worse still, look at this. In their statement, the NIH said, For information about the distribution to sub-awardees, please visit usaspending.gov and switch from prime awards to sub-awards in the upper right corner. Well, we did exactly that. And look what we found six payments to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And look at the project number listed against five of those payments, not the one that the NIH used for their denial, but the one that unquestionably includes gain-of-function research. 
and the same NIAID project ID listed in the Wuhan Institute's November 2017 progress report, which literally describes the gain-of-function experiments they used to do exactly what the NIH denied they did in their statement, enhance the pathogenicity or transmissibility of the viruses studied. The statement we received from the NIH is totally deceptive. At the top of their statement, they say, this is attributable to NIH generally, not a specific individual. Well, that's not good enough. We're talking about the origins of a pandemic that has killed two million people and devastated the world. Did Francis Collins, head of the NIH, approve this statement before it went out? Will he stand behind it now? even after we have demonstrated how deceptive it is. Will Dr. Fauci stand behind it? All right. Fake news or not, Todd. Yeah, that dude again and again and again is true news, which makes me circle back to the first fake news or not regarding China. That's why everything you said doesn't matter. This didn't come up. This should be on everybody's mind until it is solved. It, it, and it just points to the people like uh, Andrea uh, Mitchell right. and that show. I certainly, like, 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 let's say Ted Bundy was charged with like carjacking, um, shoplifting, um, uh, um, you know, other, various other crimes beyond just being a serial killer. And you ask the county prosecutor, what are your thoughts on Ted Bundy? And they proceed to yeah. address all the lesser things he did other th- that, that, he, that he's guilty yes. of and gives a great answer on that. But then just completely memory holes and never brings up the fact that he left a trail of bodies of young women that are never going back home again. That's kind of your point of what is going yes. on here. Which yeah. is what the press has been doing this entire time. The lack of curiosity. I mean, if Fauci walked in the room and sat next to Andrea Mitchell, she'd be giving him bedroom eyes instead of being irate about the fact that he knows something about this. He knows. Aaron? Matthew Peterson from uh, Claremont Institute, I believe, mm-hmm. um, had a great miniature thread this morning on Twitter, specifically, I believe, uh, citing Fauci. This goes into the mindset of the elite in this country, the mindset of the uh, bureaucratic, whatever you want to call it, deep deep state, entrenched state, what, what have you. These people are never faced with any sort of accountability, whether it's for parking in the wrong spot, maybe in D.C., or whether it's, I don't know, supporting via U.S. taxpayer dollars controversial at best research risky research carried out by a communist government these people never face accountability and that's why we're going to talk about this in a minute that's why you get to be you you get to get away with uh don't buy masks yeah masks work masks really really work i lied to you about masks because you couldn't handle the truth masks work double masking works there's no data to support double masking actually it's just common sense that double masks work but we have no data cdc might change that's why that's why they get away with it that's why they get away with it because they're never held accountable and you mark my words if and when in the next year We are able, uh, corporately as a country, to declare victory on the virus and get back to some semblance of normal life. 
if this trail of breadcrumbs continue to be followed, just despite the poor's, just despite the, um, the, the, I, 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 just, just, just despite the plebs, you'll see in the next year to two years, NIH will continue to find, fund this gain of function research because if this continues to be followed, they just do these things despite. Maybe, maybe it was just, you know, we know it's risky now, but uh, we don't have anything to worry about. The next time, the next round of funding, it will be out of spite. All right, two more to go. Double masks. Well, when we talk about double masking, remember, what we're really talking about is just trying to prevent the virus from being excreted by me into the air or me inhaling the virus from somewhere else in the air. And it's both a function of face fit and face filtration. Think about your swim goggles. When's the last time anybody leaked at the lenses? They leak at the, at the fit. And so what we're concerned about is that many of these face cloth coverings do have already compromised fit or filtration capacity. If you add on another mask, you may actually make the uh, it's tougher for the air to move through the two cloth area and then at that point it causes more air to actually leak around the sides which actually enhances your ability mm-hmm. to get infected so i'm not saying that some couldn't be used in a better way but at the same time there are many that may actually you may do more harm it's michael osterholm contradicting anthony fauci who then ended up contradicting himself after Osterholm gave this statement on national television Sunday. Todd, fake news or not? In all that fake science, he basically just told you it's going to get out either way. Did yeah. you actually hear what he said? Yep. He yes. said, if you're wearing one mask, yeah. I was wondering if you guys picked it up on actually yes. goes through. Yeah. So it doesn't he work. He just admitted right there to the mask. So then work. if you put Correct. two on, it might not go through, but it goes around. Do you remember back in the day when, yeah, he was still a villain then, but Fauci, when somebody called him on the fact that he just shared the microphone with somebody else and he was just like, yeah, come on. It's, that was early it, on when he what, shared it with Trump. All yes. these doctors, long winded way, the answer, the only answer to that is, come on. The mask's purpose is to be a prophylactic, right? Okay. So a condom is another form of a prophylactic, right? Right. If I puncture, if there if there is a hole, um, or or the the reservoir tip of a condom cannot is not sufficient in holding back um, the the semen from coming forth, right? Let's just say that's the case. What would a second condom do? It has the same exact malfunction, right? Right? I could. Yeah, that's exactly what he is saying. Doesn't work. Well, the only way that that wouldn't work is if what else doesn't work? I mean, the, the, the only way the second one wouldn't work is if what? The first one doesn't work. That's the only way. I know. Because Fauci's original answer was correct from their perspective. Well, it's only common sense then to wear two, right, Aaron? Yep. It only doesn't work if the first one doesn't work. If the condom works well in the, in the, in the way that it is designed, all right, to keep the swimmies out, okay, then putting on another one's not going to deter from that, would it? Would it? Would it? No. Why are you looking at me like you can't follow this you along? T- okay. Fo- you really threw me off with the condom analogy. Okay. But, it, but it's, it's the only other prophylactic I know of. But it's the same argument, 
We're making the same argument. If the, if the functionality of the first one works, applying another one would just be like, might take some of the fun out of the experience, but that's good. Or that's doubling down on your insurance, right? Mm -hmm. then, it, then why wouldn't a second mask work? Because the first one doesn't. Aaron, you have anything else to add to this or not? Not really. We're just back to, well, if two masks are good, why not three? If yes. three masks are good and so on and so on. All right. I've got something to say here before we get to the very final clip. I want to tell you about our friends over at My Patriot Supplied. Are you prepared if there's a sudden food shortage, a major crisis, a natural disaster, can, particularly with people like what we've been watching for the last few minutes in charge, can happen at any moment to disrupt the food supply chain? We saw it already last year with toilet paper, sanitizer, etc. Uh, panic buying, we saw. Empties out grocery store shelves within hours, and you can find yourself maybe the next time without enough food to feed your family. Don't make that mistake. Prepare in advance with emergency food from My Patriot Supply. It stays fresh for up to 25 years, so you never have to go hungry or stand in food lines. Uh, it's the nation's leader in survival food. They're served, they, they serve millions of patriots, just like all of you, and right now you get 20% off their popular four-week food kit that gives you 2,000 calories a day right now when you go to preparewithdace.com. 20% off their four-week food kit, 2,000 calories a day. That's just what you need at preparewithdace.com. It can be at your door in as little as two days. Save 20% right now at preparewithdace, D-E-A-C-E, preparewithdace.com. All right, this is the final clip. This is Jonah Goldberg dumping on, dunking on Fox while on Fox. Look, I think the idea of bringing back the fairness doctrine is idiotic. Um, I think a lot of these people don't even really understand how the fairness doctrine work and that it doesn't really apply to cable anyway. But it's absolutely true that there are people who want to see, you know, uh, Fox nuked from orbit. And um, and I think that's ridiculous. At the same time, it should not be surprising. And you're right to signal out the news division is different. But it should not be surprising when people from the opinion div division perpetuate lies about the election being stolen. Um, um, who are more concerned about canceling Liz Cheney than they are about canceling Marjorie Taylor Greene, as you guys talked about a minute ago. Um, this is a problem all over the place, and it's incumbent upon institutions on either side to police their own in responsible ways and turn things down a little bit and not push out misinformation and lies, lest you invite that kind of backlash, which would make everything worse. Aaron, fake news or not? Oh, that's uh, th that's... That's totally, totally, uh, it's true news from his perspective, but it's fake news. Just a couple of minutes before in that, in that, uh, in that little, um, interview on Fox news with, uh, with Howard Kurtz, I believe, um, Jonah Goldberg was decrying on both sides. Um, he wouldn't say it, but millennials, the younger people on both sides of the political divide being extremely intolerant of of other ideas of other of of competing ideas i, I love you know I, I love jonah goldberg's dogs it's basically the only reason why i follow him on twitter uh, anymore post some really really cute pictures of his dogs otherwise it's actually jonah goldberg and his ilk for the reason what he's describing is is radicalization it's it's the idea that we have to be um, that, that we have to play by a certain set of rules all the way down the slide towards Gamora as we're being gripped onto by those who are sprinting down 
to uh, down the yes. slippery slope. Maintain decorum. Make, maintain decorum. Everything neat and orderly, yes. Yeah, you, you wonder why we have the Marjorie Taylor Grant. I don't even know what the heck she on supposedly purpose, said. On purpose, I have avoided I finding out. Guys, here's, here's the... Just despite the system, on purpose, I've avoided it. it here's the thing. I, I'm not ever, ever, ever going to take you seriously if you consistently care more about expelling members wearing your own jersey for things that you don't like or that you find distasteful than you are ever serious about actually expelling people from the other side of the island for equally crazy conspiracy theories. Because that's not really finding the truth. It's not, guys. It's, it's really not. It's called virtue signaling. It's called virtue signaling. I find um, I find right wing conspiracy theories, some of them abhorrent. I find left wing conspiracy theories abhorrent. But there's only it only seems to cut one direction. Yes. We only want to expel That's why things. I'm not playing the game anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't care what Marjorie Taylor Greene said. I, I don't. Because the truth of the matter is, if she believed all those things, but uh, was playing the game Nancy Mace is playing right now, yep. we wouldn't be having any of these conversations about what she posted on our Facebook page after 9-11. This is the yep. game. She, she, she's not, she's not, uh, she doesn't fit in. So we'll just, and if it wasn't, if it wasn't whatever the hell she said, which on purpose I've avoided knowing just because I'm not, I'm off, I'm off, I'm not playing the game anymore. We would just find something else. That's the issue. But Todd, your thoughts on what Jonah just had to it's say. It's fake news because I know he wrote a book called Liberal Fascism. And if he actually believed the use, I mean, he had it. He got to sign off on the title of his book, didn't he? Well, why use that term? That's a pretty loaded term. Do you really think a fascist wouldn't try to steal an election? And I'm quite certain they tried, whether they succeeded or not. They certainly tried to steal in an election. Whether it was the margin of victory, I don't know. But for you to even it was just you know yeah, here's, yeah. even if it's just fake data to convince yeah. us all we had to lock down the country and yeah. destroy the economy. That could be construed yeah. as an act to steal an election. But again, election. you bring up another data point yesterday about the twenty bellwether counties across the yep. nation. Yeah, you can't look at that and not still scratch your head about that. And again, don't call it something else. Call it uh, I'm a conservative, so I write books to make money and lie to you. Call it that next time because if you call Call it something with fascism in the title. Fascists do a lot worse than steal elections. You don't think they could have done this? You got to be kidding me. All right. I'm going to I'm going to go somewhere briefly when we come back in response to what you just said and tie it back to what we started talking uh, started the show off with talking about Carl Rove's disclosure that he knew all along that John Weaver was a pedo a pederast predator since 1988. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to tie that into what we just had, and then we'll get to Pop Culture Tuesday, Parody or Prophecy, next. You know, you never thought COVID could cost you your home, right? It might because of something called cybercrime. It's up 75%. Since the COVID lockdowns began last year because of how much time we're spending online, how much we're now sharing online data that is uh, online. And it's also where our home titles are kept these days. Cyber criminals know this. And so what happens is they find your home's title online, forge your signature on what's called a quick claim deed to make it look like you sold your home to them. And then they take out loans on your home and leave you in all the debt. You won't even know about it often until 
the payment notices, late payment notices, uh, eviction notices, because this can happen to your rental properties too, foreclosure notices, uh, your homeowner's insurance, your mortgage lender will not protect you, can't do it, but Home Title Lock will. Uh, they will detect if anyone's tampering with your home's title, and then they will mobilize to shut it down. So go to HomeTitleLock.com right now, register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't yet know it when you use the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's the code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com, code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, before we get to Pop Culture Tuesday, I want to close the loop and connect a couple of points. So we started the show off. One of the things we started talking about was yesterday, Carl Rove admitted that he knew going back to 1988 that John Weaver, a high-placed, high-ranking operative within the Republican Party, including a guy who worked for several national presidential campaigns, including the GOP nominee, John McCain, in 2008, that he knew going back to 1988. When you and I were in high school. Yes. Yeah. Um, Before I had a driver's license. That he knew back then that John Weaver was a pedo, was a was a pedo uh, predator. He knew he knew all this time. All right. Then we just did a segment called "Fake News or Not," right? Yes. Okay. Now, my understanding, and again, I've never visited the site. I don't know much about it, but my understanding is one of the driving forces of QAnon is what is that they believe they have uncovered evidence of a systemic what do you guys know oh pedophile ring. pedophile ring at, uh, at all layers of government <laughs> that's that's one of the driving forces of QAnon, from what i understand right that they believe I, that that the u.s government has been infiltrated by uh, a mass pedophile ring satanic even in nature and that you know trump was going to be the per, the the entity that unveiled this truth to the country and ratted and exterminated this element from within the government. Okay. That I think that's true. I, again, I'm not a huge expert on it, but from a little, some of the light reading I've done, uh, because we're all QAnon and alt right now, if you don't believe everything CNN says you're alt right and a racist, right? Okay. So I figured I might as well do a little bit of studying up on what I'm being accused of being. And my understanding is that's the thesis of QAnon is that, that meaning or or that's yeah the thesis that explains why we get so much fake news and everything is hidden from us is because it's rotten at the core with a pedophile ring can you see why otherwise smart and intelligent people that aren't prone to irrationalities that you might see out mowing your lawn on a sunday right shoveling their driveway dropping their kids off at school can you see why those sorts of people in a society could be drawn to that sort of a meta explanation for the inexplicable hoax news, fake news that they see on a daily basis. That that because our our impulse as humans is we need to know that we don't accept that these are just random occurrences. There must be something driving this, right? Sure. And so what's the what's the narrative? What's the explanation? for why this is occurring. Can you see why? And and of course, all these elements all had to be ratted out and rooted out after what happened on January the 6th. And you want to talk about some providential timing. Shortly after that occurs, and all these things get deplatformed and everything else, shortly after that occurs, we find out that 
one of the highest ranking political operatives in the Republican Party who started a, a you know, a, a group to monetize his never Trump credentials was, in fact, a pederast predator. That is some cosmic feces right there, guys. Know what I'm saying? I do. That That is some cosmic stuff. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday, brought to you by Rough Greens. We do all kinds of cool things for our pets, groomers, walks, cuddles. You know what they need the most, though? Nutrition, because chances are the food we're buying them at the store is lacking it for the same reason ours is. That's why we're using so many supplements these days. Your pet could use one, too, because that food's been sterilized of the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, pre, probiotics, omega oils, antioxidants. Thankfully, they've got one now. It's called Rough Greens Vita Smart. It's a powder that you sprinkle in with the food your dog loves. And apparently, they're going to love it even more. Our dog, Cap, loves this stuff, and it's going to put all the stuff back in their diet that's probably missing from it right now. So if you want to see, if you don't see uh, an improvement in your dog's personality, health, energy level, etc. in 14 days or less, try the Jumpstart bag right now from Rough Greens Vitasmart for just $14.95. You can give it a shot right now at roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. A healthier, happier puppy at roughgreens.com slash blaze. All right, this is the time each week when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And one of the uh, mucky mucks here at The Blaze Gaston Mooney sent me this yesterday. And and this parody video blew me away. Even more so when I realized this was done eight months ago. Eight months ago. So that, that takes us back to what? April of last year, right? April or May of last yeah, year? April May. or May, yeah. yeah. Okay. Long before, really, the mask holes began the mask cult. Or at least shortly before. All right, watch this parody video. I wear my face mask in my car so I can, so I can. Virtue signal in my neighborhood. be some form of punishment. Don't mess around with the CDC numbers. Oh no, I can't believe it. We gotta make him a billionaire, oh yeah. And then the final solution, uh, which is a year to two years off, is the vaccine. I wear my face mask in my house so I can, so I can stop a symptomatic disease spread to myself. So I can, so I can, play 
about so I can stop asymptomatic spread to myself. (laughs) It's brilliant. Oh my, that is brilliant. Okay. Parody or prophecy. What do you guys think? Oh, it's it's prophecy. This is this is why when you when you don't realize you're a sinner anymore you will not only fall apart, but you'll fall apart to a laugh track. Before 2020, that's why I kept telling you, now that we're at transgenderism, all bets are off on just how many loop-de-loops are on the roller coaster that's on the slippery slide to the bottom. I, We are almost at the year anniversary of this entire farce. And people are prouder than ever before of being part of the scam. Not less. How many mea culpas have there been of note, both in your personal life or at large, the people in the know? I I can't. I'm having a hard time keeping track of none of them. Exactly. Yes. People are digging in deeper. They're prouder or they're just too embarrassed to whatever it is. We're not learning any lessons. Aaron, what do you think? What do you think about watching that? And again, realizing that was eight months ago. Uh, it's that part. I felt like a a frog in the boiling pot. It, it was it, it it was ridiculous back then. Eight months ago, it doesn't feel like eight months ago. It was ridiculous back then. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous in mass. A year ago, this public masking, everything like that. It was ridiculous. But yet, here we are, and the conversation, well, does two masks work? Do two masks work? Um, it's, it's, it's not even prophecy. It's just, um, it, it's just, it is what it is. It, it's just, it's unmitigated truth. I, it, it's it's why I got the virtue signal mask. If and when I'm in a place where, um, uh, I've seen you wear I'm, it in public before too. I'd yeah. love to. I gotta get me one of those. Uh, it, it, th- that's what it is. It is nothing but a tool, either to make yourself feel better, 
um, and feel more safer, false sense of security or just any sense of security whatsoever. And or it's just a virtue signal. Look how enlightened and caring I am. It's. I don't know. I don't know how you I don't know how you put an end to this. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, uh, other than people just saying, no, we're going to go into Costco as a group of 20 people. They're not going to arrest us all. Uh, we're going to go into this. We're not going to raise a, a ruckus or a fuss, but we're just all going to go in at once. It's OK. That's that's until people just say no like that. It's just going to keep going on. You know what we're describing here is. And we've used this term many times when talking about the mask as a talisman. It, it is a totem. It, it's an idol. This is Paul in Ephesus. In Ephesus. What do you mean, you know, those little uh, um, figurines to, that we are making of, uh, uh, of, of Diana don't work, right? Right. What do, you, what do you mean there's no power there? I mean, everybody in Ephesus has one. All the smart people in Ephesus have one of those. All the cool and enlightened people in Ephesus take one of those things. Take, take, take one of those Artemis idols with them wherever they go. And you, now you come along and say that has, that, that has no power. It doesn't do anything that you claim that it does. I mean, you're, I mean, good. Hey, dude, nice craftsmanship. You know, I'm, I work with my hands myself, Paul says. You know, I mean, I really appreciate the craftsmanship. So, you know, put it up on your mantle, enjoy it, you know, I mean, but it, it has no power. It doesn't do anything. And then they recognize that if this message begins to resonate within the community, I mean, the, the very basic fundamental existence of, of the culture socioeconomically beyond just religion but it was the socioeconomic basis of the culture was this was this talisman take that away and it's not just you know we can all still keep our jobs we're just going to a different church now no we don't get to keep our jobs you know if the thing doesn't have any power people aren't buying it as a for decor right right that's what you're up against right here this is this is Paul's level of frustration with the Judaizers, which were another group that um, tried to infiltrate the church to say that, hey, um, you still had to practice the rite of circumcision. You know, uh, Paul circumcised Timothy so that it wouldn't get in the way of, of Timothy sharing the gospel with um, fellow Jews. OK, but that was a cultural accommodation that was agreed upon. Meaning so that it wouldn't stand in the way of the preaching of, of, of the New Testament. The idea, though, that, that, that Timothy was saved by the act of circumcision is what these Judaizers were actually right. preaching. And at some point, Paul just says, you know, if you guys love removing skin from the, if you, if you have such a high view of removing skin from the penis, thinking that that is your path to heaven, by all means, chop the whole thing off then. Why, why, why sell yourself short, so to speak, Right. That's what that's the same arguments that are being made here. Same level of fervor. It's why facts and those sorts of things don't matter to those who succumb to this. The word we're looking for here is cult. That's what this is. It's a cult. Yeah, which means it's definitely a civil war then because you don't talk. Colts down from the ledge. You typically don't talk Colts down from the ledge. No, you don't. 
you know, that's a worldview steel cage match. One worldview enters and the other one leaves, right? Yes. Or both enter and one leaves. That'll do it for today. Overtime is next for our subscribers at blazetv.com slash days talking Ted Cruz. For the rest of you, see you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.